Good morning and Merry Christmas. Good to see everyone here. Uh, excited to worship with you through the Word. Uh, we're going to be continuing our series, Hark, the Herald Angels Sing, as we've even sung about that this morning. Uh, before I jump into this, you can go ahead and begin turning to Luke chapter 2. Uh, but I just want to say real quickly, if, uh, if you are someone that would like to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we are collecting that this month and in January. Uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering is an offering that every penny of it goes to support missionaries through the IMB, one of our partners, International Missions. And so you can just sort of indicate that on an envelope or there will be a box drop down for you to do that online if that's how you give and uh, just want to make sure you were aware uh, that we were collecting that and that those are the ways in which you can give to that. All right, so this idea of hark the herald angels sing, the, the word hark means to pay attention, give heed to. And so we've been looking at a few stories where angels have come and delivered a message. Today we're going to be looking at when the shepherds got great news from the angels. And so I'm going to, what I would like to do is I'm going to read it, then I want to sort of uh, retell it, help us sort of climb into the story, and then I want to apply it with the notes that you have in your LifePoint outline. So let's start by reading it. Chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Now, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and singing and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Now all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is such an amazing story. And I, I want to, we've read it, now I want to sort of like get into it for a moment. So we've got this census that has taken place. Everyone is traveling to their hometown. Um, Joseph and Mary, a pregnant Mary, are going to make their way about 85 miles from the Nazareth area to Bethlehem to be registered for this census. Now, I don't know what exactly happened, but likely 
There was some conversation of blame game because there was no rooms at the end. I mean, I could imagine someone saying, if you had been ready to leave on time, we would have gotten here on time and we would have gotten a room. Or we would have had a room if you had called ahead like I asked you to do instead of just winging it. But whatever happened, they make their way. There are no rooms and inns for them to stay. The only place that Joseph could negotiate was a stable. And they've got a pregnant wife that comes into the stable, and they are there, and all of a sudden, water breaks, baby is born, and the only place to lay that baby was in a feeding trough, a manger. Probably had to kick a donkey aside and scrape out some slop and put some fresh hay so that they could swaddle the baby and lay the baby in the feeding trough to have a bed. Then, in that same region, there were shepherds. And they were watching at night their sheep. What they would normally be doing. In fact, these sheep were within a vicinity. See, Bethlehem is about five miles from Jerusalem. And there was a a radius around Jerusalem that if you tended sheep in that radius, those sheep would likely be used as sacrifice for sin of the people in the temple. So the angels may have had good news for these sheep as well. And as they're tending to these sheep, God sends an angel. Can you imagine the glory of this angel that is surrounding them as it breaks through the night sky? You have this night and then great light from this angel. It is as if the veil of heaven has opened. It's like breaking the fourth wall where there are spiritual realities happening all around us that we just can't see. But in this moment, it's like it just got zipped down and the curtain opens and there is this angel in front of these shepherds. And the scripture says that the shepherds were filled with great fear. As all of us would be, if heaven opened up, and an angel appeared, every one of us would be filled with great fear. And the reason I know this is because everywhere in Scripture where an angel of the Lord shows up, they are filled with fear, and the angel has to say, fear not. And in fact, this angel says, fear not. I actually have got good news, and this good news is going to fill you with great joy. It's so fascinating to me that God would send his messenger about the birth of his son to these shepherds. See, now it's in the city of David. city of David could reference Jerusalem and Bethlehem. See, David was born in Bethlehem, but then he was ruler over Jerusalem. But it's focused on Bethlehem. And see, when David was in Bethlehem, he was a shepherd long before he was a king. And so God is then described, and the Messiah is then described as a great shepherd. And so God is sending this announcement to shepherds. Now, even though a shepherd has all these positive images in Scripture, on the day-to-day level, shepherds were sort of a rascally bunch of dudes. They were not trusted. 
They could not even testify in court because nobody believed them. It probably has something to do with we can't trust somebody that spends all their time with sheep and not around people. And so these shepherds are all of a sudden, they're sort of outcast, not always trusted. They're receiving this message. It's going to be a message of great joy. And he says there is today, today, I mean this moment, he is saying the earth has changed. I mean we even look back and it is this moment that was split into B.C. and A.D. This day a Savior is born Christ the Lord. And then, as soon as that comes out of his mouth, it's like heaven had to erupt and the curtain opens wider and suddenly there was a multitude of angels. It would be like thousands upon ten thousands that these shepherds are just in amazement as they are getting this glimpse into the spiritual realities as it bursts forth into our reality. And it is a throng of angels singing Glory to God in the highest peace on earth towards all people, towards those whose God's favor has rested upon. And they begin to sing, and then all of a sudden, as quickly as it came about, it says that they went away. The curtain closes back on itself and then probably one of the most understated verses in all of Scripture. It says that the angels began to talk among themselves, you want to go check it out? <laughs> like, yes, we want to go check it out. And so who knows what happened to the sheep that they were watching, but these guys go from outside of town in the field rushing into town. They were told you will recognize that this baby because he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. That does not narrow it down at all. Every baby would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, but the angel said, but you'll find him lying in a manger in a food trough. And they go, yeah, that'll narrow it down. And so they go, they run into Bethlehem. They're not even messing with the inns. They're looking for feeding troughs, looking at stables. And all of a sudden they burst in and see Joseph, Mary, and a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And they say, we are at the right place place. And you got to think for a moment, now put yourself into Joseph and Mary's shoes. They've just had a baby. If it was modern day, Mary would have told the nurse, no visitors, please. And yet in the middle of this joyous occasion, she's exhausted from giving birth. All of a sudden, these scruffy, filthy shepherds burst in and start to approach the baby. And you got to imagine Joseph standing up and going, hey, fellas, what's going on here? We, 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 we have this room for the night. And they go, but there's a baby in that manger, right? Yeah, that's our son. You're never going to believe what happened to us. And they begin to tell the story of the angel and then the angels and the story. And they said, that's your son. And they go, I just got to imagine Mary and Joseph go, oh, you got an angel story. We got some angel stories. And they begin to talk about the stories that we've looked at over the last few weeks where the angel came to Mary and the angel came to Joseph in a dream. And all of a sudden they are just celebrating God's affirmation about this child. And at some point, Joseph stands up and says, all right, guys, the baby, Mary, they need some sleep. Y'all going to gonna have to leave. And so they don't want to go straight back to the field. They just start going all through Bethlehem telling the story of what they had seen and what they had heard. 
What an amazing story of God's proclamation. It's sort of like a viral story that that just starts to spread. I I think about, you know, all the things happening with Christmas now and um, like even our social media feeds. I don't know if if yours is like mine, but there's Christmas memes and there's some really funny ones out there. And I saw one that maybe you've seen that I hadn't seen it um, until recently, but there's a meme about a story about St. Nick. Yes, that's St. Nick. Back uh, hundreds of years ago at a church council where it is stated that someone stood up and tried to deny the humanity of Christ and that St. Nick stood up and punched him in the face. And so my favorite meme of this was um, St. Nick, I came to bring presents to kids and to punch heretics and I'm all out of presents. I just, I, that just made me laugh so much. Another one was deck the halls, deck the heretics, you know, with boom. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. So the sad thing, I'll, I'll save you the Google deep dive, is that there's likely, like a lot of things with him, it's a legend that may not have any basis in fact, but oh, if it were, or if it happened today that someone stood up at a church meeting and someone got punched in the face for being a heretic, that would be a story that spread quickly. We know what a viral story, we, we see this happen on a daily basis, and yet this is the moment of the declaration of the birth of Jesus. And it starts with shepherds, and like a domino effect, it begins to spread and spread and spread. So we've read the story. Uh, hopefully I've helped you sort of feel your way through the story. Now let's take a few moments to apply truth from this story because, again, what I want you to be able to do is to explain to others why we celebrate, what's the real meaning behind Christmas. And I want you to be able to worship him at home um, as well. And so I've got just a couple of points. Let's look at the good news that the angels brought. Number one, this is good news Because we can trade great fear for great joy. Did you notice that in the passage that when the angel shows up, there is great fear. And he says, but I've got good news that will actually bring you great joy. We live in a world of great fear, do we not? I mean, part of it, I I even sort of understand it because decades ago, you would only be aware of the bad news happening in your town. And then maybe a couple of days a week, you would hear about one or two things that were not going great in the world or in your country. But now, because of the onslaught of news channels and social media and the age of the internet, we get bad, fearful news every day from all corners of the world. It is no wonder that our generation that is coming up is one of the most anxiety-ridden and fear, um, just oppressed group because they hear of every bad thing happening on every part of the globe at all and every moment. Oh, but here's good news. We can trade great fear for great joy. The angel says, do not fear, but have great joy, because here's some good news. And so the next thing I want you to look at is this, not only trading great fear for great joy, but number two, the good news is a Savior is born. 
a Savior is born. To say that a Savior is born is to say we needed someone to save us. The angel is saying you have need. See, our sin, our sin created a chasm of relationship between us and God. And all it took was one, one, one lie, one, one greedy thought, one envious glance, one little juicy piece of gossip shared, one stolen piece of candy, and it creates a chasm between us and God. And, and if we're honest in this room, all of us, myself certainly included, I've got more than one of those on my resume. I've got a whole long list of sin that has created separation between me, a sinner, and a holy God. And the good news the angel says is, don't fear. Good news, a Savior is born today. And not only is he a Savior, but he is Christ the Lord. I've said it before, but just in case, Joseph's last name was not Christ. So that is not how Jesus became Jesus Christ. The word Christ meant anointed or Messiah. He is the only one that wears the title, if you will, Messiah, to be anointed. He is the anointed king, Christ, the Messiah, the king. We talked about over the last few weeks how he is the throne and the heir of David, the righteous king. The Savior is king. And not only that, he is priest. We've talked about in the last few weeks the importance of the 100% divinity of God uh, through Christ and the 100% humanity that makes him the perfect high priest anointed for this to be our mediator between us and God and God to us. He is Christ, the anointed priest, but he is also the anointed prophet. The prophet, they said that there would be one, a prophet greater than Moses. The Jewish people couldn't even hardly believe there could be one greater than Moses. And then Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, is the final and the greatest and the supreme prophet. Everything that he said would happen or will happen has happened or will happen, including his imminent return to claim his bride. Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one. And not only that, he is Savior, he is Christ, he is the Lord. Christ the Lord. To even call him Lord is to say that we serve him. Because if we say no to him, he is not Lord or Master or Sovereign. But he is Lord. In fact, it is actually to say that he is God. See, that word Lord um, in the Old Testament, when you flip through your Old Testament and you see the Lord, uh, the word Lord written, and it's in all capitals, sort of uh, a sub uh, uh, font, if you will, that is the Old Testament writers being so afraid to take the Lord's name in vain that they would not write out the Lord's name Yahweh. They put these letters together, which were then translated Lord. And the angel says, he is a Savior. He's the Christ. He's God. He's the Lord. This is good news for sinners in need of a Savior, an anointed one. God himself has come. It's good news. Number three, 
And this is so key. It is good news because we have access to him. We, we have access to this Savior. Notice Jesus born and then put in a manger. There, there's not a mom out there that's going, if I have the choice of bedding for my newborn, I'm going to take the slop of the donkeys and cows and push it aside and put my baby there. It speaks to the humility in which Jesus came. Think about this. There is a great opposition here of the titles I just went through. He is Savior. He is Christ, King, Priest, and Prophet. He is the Lord. He is God himself, and yet he is born in a manger. And the first people invited to come to him are the last people that would ever be invited into a royal presence. Shepherds, rascally, smelly guys out in a field, and yet they have access. They are told, come, go find him. This is how you'll know who he is. I don't know about you, I, I don't have any connections to anyone famous to have access to. I, like, there's been moments where I hoped for some access to someone. When I was in eighth grade, my English teacher, uh, we had a writing assignment. We got to pick a celebrity. We were going to write him a piece of fan mail. He was going to help find their address. And maybe by the end of the school year, they would write back to us. And I picked my favorite baseball player from the Atlanta Braves, Fred McGriff. The crime dog. And I thought, man, this is my moment to have access to Fred McGriff. And I wrote my letter, sent it off, never to be replied to. No access. A few years later, when I was maybe in seminary, I was at a, a convention and a conference where Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy was signing books. And I bought a book. I stood in line. I got all the way up to have access to Tony Dungy. He asked me what my name was. He signed the book. And then someone said, time to move along. Limited, not really, access. A, a few months ago, after everything that happened with our Niger mission team, Senator Ted Cruz called and said, I'd like to meet the team. And right out here in the foyer of our kids' building, he came. We got to shake his hand, spend a few moments with him. But I don't have access to him. I can't call him like, Ted, you came to my place. I'm coming over to yours. I will have access denied, and rightfully so. But Jesus is accessible to all. It's more like in the movie, the Christmas movie, Elf, if you remember, where Buddy the Elf is at the Gimbals, and they say, Santa's coming tomorrow, and he says, I know him. We have access to Jesus. He could have been born in a palace where only few could come to him, but he was born in a manger to say, any and all who will come can come. In fact, the angel said, this is great news for all people. Now, I don't know, maybe you're here this morning or watching online and you've, you've sort of had thoughts like this go through your mind where you say, I will go to church or I'll come to God when I get my life together. 
That's a, that's a lie. Nobody ever came to God because we got our life together. You, you may have even heard someone say, I've heard this before, where they'll say, I, I, I can't come to that church because the walls would fall in on themselves if I walked through that door. See, we have this sense that God is inaccessible until we are properly prepared. And Jesus says, I give access even to the rascals who smell like sheep. They didn't take a bath before they came to visit the king. They walked straight in and had access. Ladies and gentlemen, that is great news that we can come as we are and worship the king. The last thing is this. Good news. Heaven's army proclaims peace. See, when the multitudes show up, these angels, when heaven's curtain is expanded in front of these shepherds, the language there is militaristic. They're probably in rows. They're probably in regalia. They are formidable. And there is a heaven's army, and they are showing up, and they are not proclaiming war. They are proclaiming peace. See, what we've got to understand, Paul would pick up on this in Ephesians and in the book of Romans. And he would say this, for those who are outside of Christ, who are not Christ followers, who are still in sin, we are enemies of God. See, the Bible says that even yet while we were enemies, even yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So that we could go from an enemy to adopted sons and daughters. Where, where holiness is not our enemy, but it fights for us now. Heaven's army was arrayed and shouting and bursting forth with excitement because the baby was born to bring peace. To be reconciled to the Holy One. Ladies and gentlemen, this is good news that can take great fear of our eternity and transform it into great joy when we know him. Then there are three responses that we see out of this. Three responses. Um, you see, first, the shepherds start sharing through all of Bethlehem. Anybody that will listen. And the scripture says that they were filled with wonder and amazement. Wonder and amazement. Everywhere they would go, you're not going to believe this. We were out there in the field. And again, remember, people don't trust shepherds. So they're kind of walking around going, boy, that's what a story. But I don't know if we can trust these guys. And there's this sense that people are amazed. And there's a wonderment. But that's sort of where it ends. No one else is recorded from Bethlehem after hearing from the shepherds of going and having access and visiting the baby. See, there's something about Christmas where there is awe and there is wonderment. And we even come and we hear these stories and we're sort of, wow. But it has no lasting effect more than the moment we heard the story. A passing feeling. And what I want for you and what I want for my family is not just wonder and amazement, but let's look at the second reaction, which is Mary. 
when the shepherds come in and they're swapping stories and she's sitting here looking at her son, she is pondering and treasuring. Pondering and treasuring. There's this idea that she doesn't quite know why this is important yet, but she's just sort of hiding it away, treasuring it in her heart, thinking, okay, there's going to be... This is going to make sense someday. And, and I believe that she's sort of storing this away, and it only begins to really make sense after Jesus is crucified and resurrects. And then all of a sudden, all these things that she's seen him do, these things that she's treasured and pondered and filed away, start to make sense. And then she hears of a guy named Luke, a doctor who is interviewing people and trying to write down in a formal way what happened with this Jesus. And she goes, you know what? Um, On the night that he was born, there were some shepherds keeping their flock by night. And and you're not going to believe this, I know, but angels came to them and directed them and said our baby would be in a manger and they burst through the door and, oh, Joseph thought he was going to have to fight somebody off. But in reality, they came to worship because it was just as the angel had said. See, there's a sense in which during Christmas we ponder and we treasure and we go, God, help me make sense of what you've done in the life of Jesus. Help me to make sense of how his birth and his resurrection and his life make sense that I may worship him. Because lastly, the reaction of these shepherds, verse 20, is that they leave praising and proclaiming him. I mean, they've had the moment of a lifetime. They have scooped the story of the birth of the Savior promised. After 400 years of silence, he's here, and we were the first to know about it. And it says that they went back to their job glorifying and praising. And oh, what it would look like this Christmas season if you and I praised him and proclaimed who he is and what he's done. I'm going to invite uh, the team to come up. They're going to lead us in one final sort of uh, song of praise and proclamation as a, as a way to close out this service. But if you have never accepted this gift of salvation, I just want to encourage you. Just like the angel announced, today a Savior is born. And later in the New Testament would say, today is the day of salvation. Would you today, would you today worship him as king and go from an enemy of the cross to an adopted son or daughter? I'll be up at the front uh, before, after, during this last song. You can go to our next step desk. If you came here with someone who's a believer in Christ, ask them about it over lunch. But make this Christmas season where you move from wonder to pondering to praise. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for giving us access that it's not just for a few but for all people. God, thank you for peace. Thank you that we can have joy, great joy, this time of year. And may we respond appropriately to this gift you've given. In Christ's name, amen.